When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly of Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, corn. Yes, L.J., the Field of Dreams game was tonight between the Yankees and the White Sox. And surely was very eventful. Uh, yes, yeah, so similar to how the NHL plays games, uh, you know, outside and at weird locations, the MLB the last few years has tried to promote the game by playing it in other places. We saw the Yankees and Red Sox go to London. Seriously. In the in 2019, uh, and then also to start seasons, we usually see teams uh, take one road trip. Uh, some teams that the, the week zero, the week zero Japan trips. Yes, uh, which those games have proved to be very boring indeed. But um, yes, yeah, so do we want to get right into this and just? and just break it right down or LJ um, do you have anything to lead off uh, with it yeah I feel like the best place probably to start of course is just overall the feel of the venue because I mean 
there are a lot of people who are diehard Field of Dreams fans. Like, I st- still don't believe, I mean, it is easily probably the second or third greatest baseball movie of all time, in my opinion. Very high up on my list of all-time films. But there are some people that have it not even close to anything else in terms of baseball movies or movies entirely. There are a lot of people that this movie... Which, which I think we can both agree is like a crazy take. You think so? To have it at the all-time top, top, top. Like, it's a good movie, but I mean... Yeah, it's, it's more than a good movie. It's a great movie, but it's LJ, not... LJ, is it better than, than Angels in the Outfield? I haven't seen it. Or not Angels in the Outfield. What's, what's, what's your one baseball movie? Um, what's your go It's Fever Pitch. Fever Pitch. Major League. Field of Dreams, then probably either Moneyball or League of Their Own. Okay. So, yeah, regardless of that, a lot of people absolutely adore this movie. And we've all pretty much been grown up on it. I mean, it's got so many iconic lines, iconic idea. I mean, really, we're, we're all children of the corn at this point being raised on this movie. So the amount being able to come back here is just such nostalgia. Yeah, and uh, seeing a Kevin Costner enter through the corn was 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 cool. And overall, the the field setup I thought was pretty neat. Uh, it was a smaller field, but honestly, the dimensions were not terrible. Uh, they had the the bullpens in dead center field. And of course, corn in the outfield, corn surrounding the entire field. Uh, really cool spot to have a game. And uh, yeah, they actually did get a pretty, pretty decent fan turnout. It seemed like every single seat was sold out there oh, yeah. uh, for sure. There wasn't any wasted space in that venue. Really good. Overall, I was very happy with the venue. Let me start with. I would have been more entertained if they'd used the other fields. Yeah, how come there was more than one field there? Because the one is the one field is the original Field of Dreams field. Okay. However, it's not really usable, mostly because the light posts are in fair play. Yeah, that's that might be an issue. Like there's another one in center field, but again, we play Major League Baseball games at the Trop all the time. So why is oh, this so 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 now you'll find a way to bash the drop? But no, anytime no. that I try to, you're again. I'm not bashing again. Whoa, 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 wait. I'm saying I would rather have the game at a field that is more problematic than the drop. Therefore, I'm still very happy with the drop. It has very 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 clear flaws. It, it deserves bashing. It's still a great spot. The charm is the charm is almost unparalleled. But yeah, I just I thought I thought that would be fun. I also thought it would have been fun if they hadn't had um, a fence and it was just straight up corn. But of course, that makes things a little difficult. Overall, I was very very uh, surprised and pleased to see how well they did the overall theming of the facility because they make that field from scratch, knowing they have to keep the environment and idea of the field of dreams. They went 
and opted for that kind of fake wood type look to all of the fences and the backstop and everything. And then of course you could see the corn under and of course over because Iowa corn is ridiculous. Um, you could see the corn overall, it didn't feel like the fence obstructed the view, which was something I was a little worried about being able to create the environment. Yeah, uh, especially with how tall the corn is. I mean, it's pretty much taller than the outfield fence was, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but as high as an elephant's eye. Even, even beyond that, I mean, I love the jerseys that, that uh, both teams were wearing. I thought the font on the jersey numbers for the Yankees was really, really clean. Yeah, uh, we- I thought the White Sox jerseys looked really nice as well. And overall, the game had like a pretty intense feel to it, to be honest. I mean, it seemed like that those players were <laughs> – Really enjoying it out there. Uh, they really seem to be eating it up. I certainly would be uh, if I was, if I got a chance to be there and uh, play on a field like that. Because you know, who knows how often they're they're gonna play here. I would love for them to try to make this a yearly, semi-yearly thing. This this should be the, I guess you could call it the Midsummer Classic. I don't know. This should be a yearly thing. Like, the environment was so great. It's such an iconic place to hold a game. You can bring so many different teams, especially seeing you have such a vast assortment of teams in that area. We've talked about it a million times. Despite the popularity of baseball in the South, there's very few teams down there. The majority of them are all seeming to populate in the Midwest. So you have plenty of teams that are short distances away that you could probably talk into hosting this series each year and get really interesting matchups. I mean, you think maybe Twins, Red Sox, um, Cubs, and Braves. Who knows? Uh, The ideas are absolutely endless. Um, As for the jerseys, as you said, yeah, they they looked great. I like the fact that they were more of a modern – redesign of them than the straight up actual jerseys because mm. that was tried and very much not liked. I'm not sure if you remember remember or have seen this. The Red Sox did a game where they wore the throwback jerseys from the early 20th century, but they weren't just throwbacks like design throwbacks. They were the actual like authentic jersey material oh, and everything. The and- wool material. Yep the players absolutely despised it and it was just not a good scene but again if you just take the style and make it the new jersey materials i think people would really go for that once a year for teams yeah like and it seems smart right because the nba kind of does something like that where they do so many different jersey designs that some of them, you know, it's just like the change of a font, but it's all the same jersey material. I can't believe that they really made them play in like the wool, heavy, itchy jerseys. That's that's oh. brutal. It was. Uh, it, it. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but it just sounds like such a bad idea. Can you imagine if Chris Sale was on that team? 
You know how uh, easy, how quickly that jersey would have been torn to shreds? It would have been cut up completely. <laughs> but uh, one last thought on the everything but the game before we get into the actual game. The corn, excellent job with it. I'm not sure if it's that easy, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure for whatever farmer is in charge of that corn. Because between the Field of Dreams corn and the, the new field corn, it all looked beautiful. It had that, I, I guess, distinct corn color. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it, it looked very healthy. It was very tall. Like, could you imagine if they screwed up the corn? Like, what if it was like a bad year for for the corn, and it was like really short or looked weird when it came out? That just wouldn't have been a good product. I mean, part of me had to ask if they put fake corn in because I wouldn't put it past the MLB. To do I doubt that. it. I I really doubt that. Could you imagine if they bought like hundreds of plastic corn stalks to You know, you are it? right. I wouldn't put it past the MLB, but based on the fact that they're just playing in the middle of Iowa, I would I would not doubt that that corn is is uh that's a that's 100% real corn. I mean, it's all they have to do around there is find good make good corn so yeah all right well there was also a game at this place it wasn't just a stadium yeah so uh because my yankees were involved uh i'll take the recap here so very good because i believe i heard there was quite a few high fructose corn homers a lot of high fructose corn homers uh started off in the first with jose abreu 23rd of the year, uh, made a one nothing White Sox. And then the Yankees scored three in the third. Uh, Aaron Judge homered, so they took the three to one lead. In the bottom of the third, though, White Sox put up a four spot. Uh, that was Eloy Jimenez, who had the big three run home run there. Sebi Zavala with a homer in the fourth. And that made it. I believe it was seven to three. The Yankees got a homer from Brett Gardner in the sixth to make it seven four. Then it was scoreless until the ninth, where uh, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan both hit two run home runs to give the Yankees an eight to seven lead. They are able to uh, score four earned runs off of Liam Hendricks. However, in the bottom of the ninth, the Yankees bring in Zach Britton. He blows the save, allows a walk-off two-run home run to Tim Anderson. All the work the Yankees did to get themselves back in the game in the ninth when they when it seemed like it was over uh, turns out to be no good. White Sox win it 9-8. to eight. Uh, Yeah, my first reaction to the game was, uh, you know, Pretty predictable as soon as the Yankees took the lead and brought in uh, anyone from that freaking bullpen. Uh, you know, I just knew, I just know that something like this is going to happen. I'm so numb to it at this point that it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, Andrew Heaney sucks. Like, we already know that. So we watched him labor through five innings, uh, you know. Wandy Peralta, Joely Rodriguez, they're not really our top 
relievers. That's the next two guys that we went to after the Heen dog. And the White Sox had to use pretty much all of their good pitchers. They used Kimbrell, Kopech, Hendricks tonight. Uh, and really the only good guy the Yankees burn is Britain. So uh, maybe we come out of this all right, especially because there's an off day tomorrow, the rare Friday. Uh, well, I guess it's not so rare anymore. It's stupid. Yeah, very rare Friday off. But then we play them again Saturday, Sunday. So, you know, I don't know. Hopefully that's, that'll reset everything with, with the bullpen and, not using the good guys here today will pay off. But, uh, yeah, just overall a rough night. But uh, we shouldn't have been in the game anyways because Andrew Haney was 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 pitching. So, you know, it's, it's whatever. Chalk it up. Chalk it up is the expected result is basically what I got there. Um, there, was, there were some pretty nice homers there. I mean, not, oh, not yeah. even, even if you took out the stock off, I think – there's a lot to love about that game, which is always good because you can get some real clunkers when you go into these games that aren't necessarily playoff games, but they're like quite important for ratings and quite a big deal. But at the same time, they don't have that, that real high pressure. So you don't always get the best quality in these games. Again, we mentioned the games in Japan can be a quite, quite a snooze fest. But this is certainly one of the more exciting, odd games that MLB has put on in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, in terms of quality of play, you had a lot of really good players in this game. Uh, You know, we don't really need to go through them all, but of course on the Yankee side, you know, all they're the New York Yankees. They're a very watchable team every year. Uh, very, very recognizable brand. And then, of course, the Chicago White Sox, the guy who hits the walk-off home run, Tim Anderson, uh, you know, he's one of the rising stars in the game. So for it to be him who gets the spotlight on him is is great. Uh, our guy Eloy Jimenez went deep again tonight. So, that's great to see him killing it. He's got over a 1,000 OPS uh, since he's came back. So we love to see that. And, of course, you know, all the other guys on the White Sox, like Lance Lynn, who uh, is in contention for AL Cy Young, and, of course, those two guys out of the bullpen. So uh, they certainly gave the fans a lot to watch because they picked a great matchup. You know, it almost makes you wonder, how long has the MLB had the idea for this game and they've just been holding out for the White Sox to get good? You know, well, it's not like they have to do the White Sox, you know, like, you know, the White Sox. So is this going to be like how the Lions play every day or every year on Thanksgiving? And so do the Cowboys, like those two. I wouldn't say it has to be like that, but you can't tell me that you can't put you can't tell me you aren't putting the white Sox in the first field of dreams game oh no no i agree i agree so yeah i it wouldn't put it past me that they've like kind of been sitting on this for like five years and we're like once this team is good enough for us to get good ratings here we're going to actually put things in motion i believe the official 
attendance was 7,832. That's honestly uh, more than I thought that they could, that, that there was, that was there. So that's, that's awesome. Well, out of that 7,832, there are a couple people I feel particularly bad for. Brandon, you have to remember, especially with all these home runs, there is always the MLB authenticators to authenticate foul balls and home runs. They were 100% there that day, especially with such a big game, meaning Odds are there is like three or four people that sp- probably spent their evening searching through the corn for all those home run balls. So, so there, for the ones that don't come back. Now I know that there's an MLB authenticator at every game, but I thought it was just in case like a milestone happens and then they can authenticate the ball. I believe it's all home runs. Like you can go to them and get the home run ball authenticated. But if I catch a homer, they're not going to come up to me and be like, I got it. They're not going to approach you. But I remember like at um, Rays games at the Trop for a while, like they'd announce it occasionally. Like if you get a ball, bring it over and we'll do it. I'm not sure if there's some sort of certificate or whatever, but I pretty clearly remember that. But yeah, I mean, either way, it's the field of dream games. Somebody's going in there for those balls. Whether they come out, it's a different question. But you can't just completely lose those balls. They're kind of special. Not entirely special, but kind of. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that something from there is going to make it to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, not sure what, but something will uh, from – the game tonight. Uh, they're going to freeze Kevin Costner and Carbonite <clears throat> and hang him up on the wall. That's what they're going to get from the game. I like it. Uh, it seems like a good idea. You know, that's 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 how we spread the game right there. <laughs> we, LJ, this this next segment you just have titled Iowa Man. Uh, yeah, I was, again, I, I was about to transition into that. Um, I'm not sure if you've obviously not seen the story of the absolute legend of the Iowa man. We're usually hearing about the Florida man, but this guy manages, I'm not sure if it was in Dyersville or just outside of Dyersville on a major highway to get to the stadium, but he bought a billboard campaigning for MLB TV to end blackouts. And of course, okay, I did so, see this now. Yes, yes, I, yes, I did see this. You remember oh. the legend that is Iowa, man, because what a set of balls. The MLB comes to your state for the first time ever, and you're going to get on their case. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is the perfect time to advocate for change. I just wasn't expecting it right now. Oh, well, well, you know why the, he's on their case, right? Not because for, if they, you they, had they, MLB they, TV, LJ, you were unable to watch the Field of Dreams game because it is a national broadcast. Therefore, it's blacked out for everybody. I mean, yeah. Again, it's just, look, if you want my honest take on 
this all, the way that they handle MLB TV is so antiquated. The cord cutting phenomenon started being something that is very much mainstream over the past couple of years to the point where we're going to have less and less people with basic cable, less and less people access direct access to a channel like Fox or ESPN. So how long can you possibly keep this up blacking out the nationally televised games? Like it make it, I don't think you can sustain it because it's going to start making less and less sense as more people are buying MLB TV without cable as a supplement. No, I agree. And it's, something that the MLB can completely control. Uh, what good reason is there to, to black out games? That's, that, that's what I don't get. It's discouraging to people. It makes them not want to renew the product year after year. And there's some people where if you live in a certain part of a state, like up to four teams can be blacked out for you. Like that's every every team that, that you're close to is just like, yeah, no, sorry, you can't watch them. Well, the thing is, I understand why they kind of have to do it. And I'm sure it's part partially a contractual obligation. But correct me if I'm wrong, with MLB TV, you don't get the regional advertising. Right? Right. So if you're not getting the regional advertising, that means that every single person in market that watches their that team's game on MLB TV is taking away from the regional distributor of that game. So you're going to be watching like if you're if you're in Massachusetts and want to watch a Red Sox game on MLB TV, you'd be watching the Nesson broadcast, but you wouldn't be viewing any of their advertising any of the commercials on Nesson and you base they basically be giving away the product giving the product to the MLB and to thousands upon thousands of people in the market that could easily access it they're giving it away for free which isn't fair to those partners yeah no and I guess they're this could be something that could be brought up in the CBA this offseason, right? No, I don't think it would have anything to do with the CBA because it runs more complicated than that. Because, of course, where we run into trouble, MLB TV is an MLB-sponsored, sanctioned, whatever the word is, property all of the television deals run through the teams. So for them to dictate, you know, in order to get it so that they could probably, I think in order for them to be able to legally end the blackouts, they would have to have some form of agreement in the regional television contracts. And so you'd have to either renegotiate them all, which would take forever. And a lot of them wouldn't be willing to do it or you have to wait until it's time for an extension to work that out with different markets. It's more a matter of the team, it's the team and the television company 
not the league in the television company. So there's a middleman there. And then you also have to question with the way that the league runs and is always, has always run, is it, is it fair, is it right for the league to be taking away their autonomy in this situation? Yeah, no, you really do make a good point. Uh, and there's, there has to be some sort of compromise that can be done. I, I you know, because NBA TV, I don't think there's really any blackouts on there other than I national think, broadcasts. I think they do. Is there, is there blackouts? I'm not sure. Let me look it up. Because when I was at school and we would watch it on like my friend's Xbox, we could pretty much go to, I don't ever remember not being able to get a game on NBA yeah. TV. Even Knicks games, like Knicks games were fine. Like, and that, that would be the, the, the market, Knicks, Nets. Yeah, so I'm looking at the support on blackouts. Every NBA game is available with NBA League Pass in every country except the U.S. and Canada. Blackout restrictions exist because local and national content providers have certain exclusive rights to televise live games and content. So what it sounds like is, again, that depends situationally on where you are. Also, is MSG even lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details with the new chevy silverado you might be driving in this but with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. The a ma- major connection in Syracuse. Like if you went on to cable, would you find MSG? Would you find yes? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You you do. So that's oh, that's a okay. good thing. Yeah, so then it's probably something in their thing. Hypothetically, I don't see why you couldn't put into a contract. Of course, I'm not a liar. Not, not liar. I'm not a lawyer. So I don't really fully understand these things. But theoretically, I feel like you could make an agreement where the MLB TV viewers get the entire advertising and all the stuff that comes during the commercials of these games they get every piece of that in in addition to what they already have in the game and then the team the uh not teams television sponsors receive a copy and report of how many people tuned into that game so effectively they can get the correct viewership numbers from anything they would have lost. And then really, realistically, that would help their case in making money because you'd be earning more on the national people than you were originally. So in in theory, I think that makes sense, but I'm not sure of the legality of that. And that would be a situation that would take 
at least a decade to rectify it, I would imagine, depending on when people's television contracts ran out. Well, all right, let's talk about this Phillies and Dodgers game today to wrap up their series there. The Dodgers having won uh, the first two games and looking for a sweep, and the Phillies uh, are able to prevent that thanks to some uh, pretty bad umpiring that was uh, – very lopsided towards the L.A. Dodgers, uh, at least in my opinion. The Phillies are able to escape with a 2-1 to one win. The two teams only combined for seven hits. And I guess the big main play in this was Bryce Harper homering in the first inning. Uh, or Ronald Torres singling. Ooh. LJ, you have a you have a bigger play in this i have a bigger play actually I don't to be fair play. i have i have not been able to watch the highlights of the game but i have seen a couple things on twitter of some strikes that were called that oh, was I'm sure, actually i'm gonna go back to the harper thing yeah the the uh, future or leading mvp candidate bryce harper is probably the biggest moment in this game um with that being said there were certainly um, good remarks on Ian Kennedy from Girardi after this game, which I think that probably is the biggest story coming out of this game. Of course, looking at the series as a whole, it was a 2-1 loss for the Phillies while they're in such a needed spot of momentum. Under any circumstance, other circumstance, this isn't a good series. However, not getting swept against this Dodgers team ever, especially right now, is an absolutely fine sign. If you're a Phillies fan, you should be absolutely fine with the result of this series, especially when you get a tight, well-fought match between the two sides today like you did in having the Phillies come out on top. I think the biggest story of this game and this series is the fact that one, the one game that they – one is largely a bullpen group. I mean, Ranger Suarez started the year in the bullpen, has only really gone. I mean, four innings is probably the four and a third is probably the longest he has gone all season as a starter. I'm trying to find 82 pitches. Yeah, that's that's pretty high for him. So overall, good time, good start from him. And then the rest of the Philadelphia bullpen is now pulling their weight. They're really starting to come into form and they were the backbone to winning this game. So I think that is probably the biggest story coming out of this game is that Philadelphia's bullpen is actually here to play now for the first time in two years. Yeah. You know, and especially Ian Kennedy. So he walks, uh, Cody Bellinger with two outs to make it first and second. Uh, then he hits w- w- the pinch hitter, Will Smith, with a pitch. So it's bases loaded, two outs in the top of the ninth, uh, only up by a run. And he's able to get a Billy McKinney to fly out to end the game. So he comes through in a high, high leverage situation 
And uh, yeah, Joe Girardi got ejected in that ninth inning uh, due to arguing of balls and strikes. So uh, yeah, you know, LJ, I think I'm going to have to agree with you that even though the Dodgers won the series, you can't really ask any more out of the, out of the Phillies just because how strong this this Dodgers team is. They had to face Max Scherzer, uh, and they you know they had that weird game with the rain the other night where they couldn't start their their starter, and it was just it was just an overall weird game. So. You know, I don't blame the Phillies. They're still in first place, but uh, the Mets have won three in a row now after sweeping that that uh, seven inning doubleheader today. So, yeah, things are still shaping up good here in the NL East. Yeah, of course. I mean, and can we really be surprised that the Mets won that? I mean, granted, most of them have been split, but it's the Nationals. Things will be turning much farther south in the coming days for the Mets. I'm still not worried about them. The bigger story here is the fact that the Braves were taken down today, meaning that the Phillies have now regained control of the division with this win. Yup, the Braves fall back to third place. Uh, so, yeah, they got to get it going. Yeah, look, it's it's the Phillies' division to lose at this point. I think overall they have a more well-rounded team that I trust more than the Braves. So, look, just play good baseball. I mean, it's it's much more complicated than it sounds by the way I said it, but that's really what it's going to come down to to win this. Well, some other games that we wanted to touch on today, both Oakland and Milwaukee scored 17 runs the athletics score 17 runs and shut out the indians uh holding them to three hits lj was this the most uh, dominant game we've seen the whole year by one team i i would have to say so you know three hits (laughs) three hits is three hits is shocking i don't i don't see how how you get to that Really, why you get to that? How many innings did Bassett pitch? Okay, so yeah, you see, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I probably wouldn't have gone this way. Let's see, sixth inning, you would already be up three, five, 10, 12. After Bassett left the game, you'd already be up 12. Why you would put in any one of substance into this game granted they used puck who I, I believe has recently just been called up but a guy like Deekman comes in to pitch the final inning of this game yeah, why, why not why is he even in this game why are you wasting a decent pitcher in this you know game? maybe he hadn't pitched the last few days so they're just trying to get him work or something you know that 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 does happen occasionally I mean it does happen but it just I don't know Overall, and then, yeah, it just, it seems extra to me. Like, it's certainly the most dominant, but, like, it's unnecessarily dominant. The only reason it's the most dominant, in my opinion, is because most teams take their foot off the gas before then on the pitching side. They're more willing to go and let their bottom bottom reliever or next to last reliever on the roster 
eat up a ton of pitches, even if it gets the game a little closer, just because it's overall better for the fleet. It's better to lose one ship than the entire fleet. So they'll rest, rest up. But I mean, they kind of just, they went for the kill from the first inning till the ninth inning. That's how you get this. I'm sure another team could have done this. A couple interesting uh, hitting lines from this game. Mitch Moreland with two home runs. He ends two for five. And then Matt Chapman ends 0 for 1 with five walks. How about Starling Marte? Three RBIs. Uh, Mark Canna also. Actually, Mark Canna. Was that a home run? Uh, No. no. Mitch Moreland had the only two homers. So it was a basis clearing double was the only thing that Mark Kenna contributed today. Oh, my gosh. Left seven runners on base. That could have been 24 nothing, LJ. Yeah, this is, again, this was not a good showing for Cleveland. I mean, you kind of already had felt that they were throwing in the towel before the all-star, the uh, all-star break trade deadline. But this really just goes to show it. I think, honestly, I, I – Obviously, I think I I think it is it was intentional, but all the wind went out of this team's sails. This team who was kind of competing for a wild card spot at one point in time, it all went downhill as soon as Tito Francona decided he was going to step down for the rest of the year to focus on his health. Like we we need we need to remember that he is not there. The man who has been there and done an incredible job with this team for years is not at the helm right now of course he didn't he didn't step down until it didn't look like they had a legitimate postseason chance and that's not if that's not hard for us to figure out it's not hard for the team to figure out so overall I don't think the morale could be any lower than it is right now well somewhere else where the morale is very low is in Chicago with the Cubs as they got blown out yesterday and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit they lost 10 nothing yesterday today they lose or excuse me I should say Thursday they lose 17 to 4 to the the Brewers uh just another horrendous game overall from the Cubs pitching staff to add on to add insult to injury. The Cubs have now lost eight games in a row. They uh, sit at 52 and 65, 18 and a half games out of the division that they once led and were looking primed for a playoff run. Uh, crazy how quick, uh, the tide can change but as for the brewers brandon woodruff only pitches three innings in this one uh i'm not sure exactly why oh he 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 did pitch 74 pitches uh but three innings of no earned runs uh but yeah lj the cubs are rock bottom well I wouldn't say rock bottom. I oh, think... this is rock bottom. No, I they just find, lost. They got I can it. find two spots that are positives for them. The first one is that they're not the Cleveland Indians. 
Okay. They, they didn't lose 17 nothing. They lost 17-4. We have okay. to put that into its proper context. The other thing here, can we talk about hitters who shove? Andrew Romine, second baseman, pitches this final inning. One inning, two hits, one run, one strikeout for him. So overall a decent a decent outing by Andrew Romine. That's yes, that's and he got to pitch to he got to pitch to his brother who is who Oh my was god, catching. there's another one. Austin Romine was was catching, so it was the position player pitching to his brother. So you don't see that ever. You see, exactly, Brandon. How could they be at rock bottom? Forget about wins and losses. They have all the all the feel moments that they need right now. All right. You know, I guess that's fair. They can just have Greg Dykeman and Rafael Ortega and Matt Duffy, Patrick Wisdom. That's the future right there. That would be a pretty smart future. All right. And then the other story we want to talk about here is Jake Arietta, uh, who after allowing seven runs in the first inning uh, in Thursday's or Wednesday's game, uh, he ends up getting released, straight up released by the Cubs, not because of his performance in the game, but uh, there was a very controversial uh interview that he did last night where a reporter asked him a question and i'm not sure of the context regarding the question but uh jake arietta then responded and said can you please take off your mask and the cubs didn't take very good to that uh you know it's certainly especially when you see a team like the Yankees right now that are struggling so bad with COVID and, you know, we see kind of a second wave coming here with whatever this, this uh, Delta variant is. It's not a good time to, you know, be making statements like that. And especially when you just got embarrassed on the mound, you allowed seven runs in the first inning. You didn't even really get out of, the second inning, you know, it's not a good time to make a, a comment like that, even even though it is so trivial just to say something like that. It's never really a good time, especially when the cameras and microphones are always on you. Look, this was not about the Cubs taking issue with this. This was about every single person that could possibly feel like they wanted to stick their nose into other people's business being after him for a very long time now. It has it felt like there have been a past couple, for the last couple times I've checked in on anything of Jake Arrieta online, there's been a lot of backlash over his apprehension about vaccines and the effectiveness of masks. If you actually really stop to think about the context of the question, it's relatively harmless. 
he says the quote i believe was there's no one there's can you take your mask off there's no one around you which i mean in the in the context of an interview i have to imagine was he was maybe he maybe he wasn't listening at first or whatever it happens to be but it's it's very natural for him to possibly not have been able to hear her regardless you know it it's not a good look you have to be more mindful of the target audience when you're especially when you're speaking to all of these media members because they're going to take any story that they can run with and a lot of times things can get out of hand with this i don't i don't necessarily think that this was something that was that bad i think a lot of people have said things that are a lot more dangerous towards the cause of slowing the spread or whatever that may be but you know it's just a matter of opportunity and i guess optics but i mean it's it's optics over absolutely nothing which is what frustrates me i'm not giving this the proper description but i think i think you get what i'm saying overall opportunity wise i mean they were going to decline his team option anyways. This guy was done. Frankly, this is probably more of a blessing for the team than anything because you're currently sitting looking at age 35 Jake Arrieta with his career fi- career high ERA, career high whip. I believe his yes, his career high hits per nine. This has been by far the worst year of his career. There was no way they were accepting the 2022 team option they have on him. So when you think about it that way, they probably were looking for any reason to get rid of him in order to just try somebody else. I mean, you have an entire AAA team there at your disposal of young pitchers that you may find a diamond in the rough. You may find somebody that pitches better than you expected them to on the major league level. It's better to test young guys than keep running out an aging veteran who clearly doesn't have it anymore. So, I think I could I could easily challenge that it was as much about performance as anything else. Well, this last story that we're going to talk about is involving Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles, and he has announced his retirement. Uh, he has not played at all in the 2021 season, uh, but yet he signed that seven-year 150, or excuse me, seven-year $161 million contract prior to the 2016 season. That goes through 2022. He'll be getting deferred money all the way up until 2037, uh, but yeah, LJ, the end of an era to see Chris Davis retire. Only makes one all-star game, one silver slugger in his entire career. The season that he hit 53 homers, 138 RBIs, led the MLB in both of those. Uh, yeah, LJ, uh, quick thoughts on Chris Davis to wrap it up. Um, I do have the f- full statement. His 
actual statement here. After extended time dealing with my injury and recent hip surgery, I informed the Orioles about my decision to retire effective today. I want to thank the Orioles partnership group led by the Angelos family, the Orioles organization, my teammates and coaches, the University of Maryland Children's Hospital with whom I will continue to be involved following my retirement, and of course, Birdland. Thank you all for the many memories I will cherish forever. This isn't meant as a diss on Chris Davis. I almost said Chris Sale there. Um, But his legacy, when it is all said and done among true baseball fans who want to see true competitive baseball, is going to end up being looked at, I think, as the man that killed small market baseball. And that's not a slight on him. He did not try to. He did not mean to. He was a great player when we were younger. I mean, those those years were with the absolutely great Baltimore teams where he was absolutely mashing, particularly 2013, of course. Again, all of these guys who were great back then. At that, that was that was like the prime age for us. So I'll always have a soft spot for thinking about remembering how good he was for a while. But I mean, you think about it. This is one of the few times in recent memory that small market teams have signed massive deals to guys like this. And this one doesn't just not pan out. It was horrible. I mean, this is a guy who has not had a productive season at the plate since 2016, meaning the last four years or five years of a seven or six years, sorry, six years of a seven-year deal were completely wasted on this team. And it's just, it advises every other small market baseball team to not do this, to not invest in their stars, to not keep these guys around. And overall, I think there's a, a piece of make, winning a championship is consistency and keeping your players around. And giving the fans, which isn't about championship, but it's just as important, giving your fans somebody to latch on to, to root for. So it just, it's frustrating to see it end this way for him, his career. Of course, he doesn't end up getting 300 home runs. He's five home runs shy, but he will end up finishing as an above average hitter at 106 OPS plus. I wish, I wish thing, I really wish things had gone better for him, even though he's on a division rival. Because if the, Chris Davis's contract was a success story, I think things would be better for baseball. Yeah. And, you know, it's just such a big fall for, in 2013, where he puts up his by far best season, he puts up a 7.1 war. 2018 he put up a negative 3.3 war i don't think i've ever seen it that low on 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 baseball reference usually teams when you're that bad they you you just stop playing i mean he played 128 games that year and hit 168 it's it's crazy just how bad how good and then how bad he became in such a short time it's freaky honestly just to know that 
this could really happen to any player. And the fact that it happened to him, sure, it sucks for him. But he made more money playing this sport than I'd say 99% of players ever have. So he still has that to, you know, say, you know, as as bad as his career might have ended, he still made $150 million just playing baseball. So it's a success for him. Well, I mean, $150 million playing baseball, but for a very long stretch there, I have to imagine he had fun along the way. Like, yeah. you, don't, you, don't, you don't think about this as enough as a fan, I think, that if you're going to make it to this level, it's not like when you were in high school and you look at the players on your varsity team and some of them are just like these super athletic kids who are like, who aren't invested, but they're super athletic and they're very capable and they can play. So they just do it because why not? Their heart's not fully in it. If you're going to be able to take it to the major league level takes commitment and takes sacrifice. If your heart is not 110% in it, you are not going to be able to make it to the major league level. Every single, there's no doubt in my mind that at least 99% of major leaguers genuinely love baseball or love, or at least loved it when they got to, to that level. It may have broken them down by the end, but when they came in, they loved it. So I have to imagine that Chris Davis very much did have fun on the way. Fun journey. Well, I believe that uh, that is all we have for today's show. But thank you all for listening. Check out the Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, yeah, be sure to play our trivia game on Twitter. But thank you all for for listening. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 